Good afternoon, everybody. It's your girl, KDC, back once again. KDC Movement. Really quickly, wanted to talk about salvation. Are you saved? Now, Webster's Dictionary defines salvation as a deliverance from power and effects of sin. And sin is defined as being the transgression of the law of God. Now, I know Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in regards to sin specifically, the Bible says over in 1 John 3 and 4, that whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is is the transgression of the law. So that goes back to the definition of sin being the transgression of the law of God. Now, when looking at salvation, Ephesians 1 and 7 says that in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now, what is the significance of salvation? Well, not only does salvation free us from sin, but it's the only way we'll be able to see God. So often salvation is misconstrued with the perception that salvation is something so deep, mysterious, and that there's a certain feeling that comes over us when we get saved. First and foremost, you don't have to feel anything in order to be saved. No, that's a total misconception. Second, salvation is not only a a lifestyle, but B, it's a relationship between you and God. So often I've heard the song sung by Bishop Paul S. Morton, um, we offer Christ to you, oh my brother, we offer Christ to you, oh my sister, he will bring you brand new life, new life abundantly, so come Come on to Christ. And at first, I, you know, I really didn't understand it. I just thought it was, you know, a song that that's befitting for the call to discipleship. But when I really began to look into this, the words really hit deeper with me when I began to really look at the significance of salvation. When teaching and preaching or even offering salvation, it's not something that can be forced. And and that's what I love about being saved. Jesus says in Revelations 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and and goes and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. What am I saying? We choose, we have the choice as to whether or not we want to be saved. You know, I I know we love mama, daddy, auntie, uncle, cousin, sister, brother, whoever, but they can't make that choice for us. Romans 10 and 9 says that if we, we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We have to confess it and we have to believe it in our own hearts. That that's not something that they can do for us. 
Now, before we go any further, let's deal with the intent of salvation. We've already dealt with the significance being that it's to free us from sin and that it's the only way that we can see God. But what's the intent of salvation? John 3 and 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, so basically, if I don't get saved, I won't see God. Okay, what, what's the big deal about seeing God? Death is inevitable. That's a known factor. But why the emphasis on seeing God? Hebrews 9 and 27 says, and, that is, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. The key thing is the judgment. That's the big deal about salvation and, and being saved. Hell is real. I know so many of us love to debate this topic. So many of us bring science and philosophy and all that wonderful stuff in. But hell is real. We just looked at the scripture and it lets us know that after we die, that's not it. We must then face judgment. What is judgment? The definition of judgment is a divine sentence or decision. John 3 and 18 reads, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Now let's back up to verse 15, where it says that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but we tend to overlook that it says whosoever Believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 2 and 12 reads that for as many have sinned without law, will also perish without law. And as many have sinned in the law, will be judged by the law. Okay, we've discussed sin. We've discussed salvation. We've talked about the significance of salvation. We've even looked at judgment. Now, let's seriously look at if, even with all that, we die not accepting God in our lives as our personal Savior, and it, it being our choice. So, we chose not to accept God, and we face judgment. Then, what happens when we face judgment? Revelations 21 and 8 reads, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning suffer. This is the second death. Second Thessalonians 1 and 9 goes on to say, They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Matthew 13 verses 49 and 50 reads, So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, 
verse 50, and cast them into a furnace of fire that will be welling and gnashing of teeth. So basically, after we face judgment, of course, that's when God's decision comes into play. And that's when it comes into play the reality of heaven or hell. You believe or you don't believe. If you believe, then, you know, we reign with God in heaven after judgment has already taken place. And he's judged just based upon what has been recorded in the book of life. And, you know, that's another subject for another day. Now, if we don't believe, you know, it, it clearly stated that we, well, the non-believers will be amongst others in the lake of fire, suffering. Summing everything up. Salvation is a choice that one freely chooses. Can't stress that enough. We freely choose. No one can force us into choosing God. God freely gave his life and died for our sins. And although, yes, he has our power, he can, he's not forcing us to choose him. It's the same within any relationship. You can't force. Well, some of us can. We, you know, we try. But in reality, you can't force somebody to want you. You can't force somebody to choose you. You can't buy their affection and genuinely get it. Now, they may go along to get along for a while, but in their hearts, Maybe something totally different than what they're portraying. They just like what you're offering them. With salvation, like I said, we allow God to come into our hearts. We welcome him into our heart. We welcome that relationship. We want it. And for those who want salvation, it, it is a beautiful thing. Now, there are benefits to salvation. You know, going to heaven and reigning with him is just one of many benefits of being saved. As well as there, those for non-believers, though there are effects of their decision to not believe. The choice is simply yours. It's simply yours. Will you be saved?